the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. Welcome to the interview with Hugh Hewitt, sponsored by AndrewandTodd.com. Andrew and Todd are with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. They help you with all your real estate lending needs. If you're refinancing your home, if you're buying a new home, if you're a senior who wants a reverse mortgage, if you're a veteran who doesn't want to put any money down, whatever it is, if you're in the private real estate market for yourself, and maybe you want an investment property, try AndrewandTodd.com or call 888 now on to the interview with Hugh Hewitt. Morning, Glory America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt inside the Beltway. Congressman Michael Waltz represents Florida's 6th Congressional District. He's a frequent guest on this show. Whenever he appears, I disclose always that my son is a member of his staff and that he, Congressman Waltz, is a member of the Nixon Seminar, which the Nixon Foundation, which I helm, operates. He is a welcome back. Congressman Waltz, good morning. Great to have you. Yeah, good morning, Hugh. Uh, I was going to talk to you about Afghan translators and the need to get them back, and I will, but news has overtaken that with General Miley's comments yesterday, and in order for the audience to understand what we are talking about, I'm going to play those comments first with your, uh, with your permission, Congressman. Here they go. Sure. First of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that, because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War that led to uh, a power differential with African-Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and Emancipation Proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service, and you and I are both Green Berets. But I want to know. And it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. And I thank so, you. Congressman Waltz, I believe he was addressing you because he mentioned we are both Green Berets. You're the only Green Beret in Congress. Were you in the room at the time this happened? <laughs> I was. Uh, no, I was. And what um, what General Milley was responding to was an exchange that I had had during 
my time of question and answer with Secretary Austin, where I raised the point uh, of a, a series of courses and seminars that's being taught at West Point, uh, which was brought to my attention by very upset and disturbed cadets, their families, soldiers. Uh, one of the seminars, Q, uh, was titled uh, Dealing with Your Whiteness and White Rage, which apparently over 100 cadets attended. Uh, critical Race Theory and Introduction, the textbook is part of the curriculum uh, there at West Point, taught in some electives, and expressing my concern uh, to Secretary Austin that, you know, and, and this is where I think, uh, frankly, Chairman Milley, uh, who I have enormous respect for and a good relationship with, I just think he's very wrong on what this is. This isn't a history class. Uh, this isn't some kind of diversity training. This is a theory that says right now, as we speak and is teaching our future military leaders that our Constitution, that our civilian institutions, our courts, our political system is systemically and fundamentally at its core bad, uh, that it's racist, that it's misogynist, that it's colonialist. And therefore, if you, if, you, know, you play that out with many critical race theorists, say that it must be resisted. It must be torn down. These institutions must be overturned. That's not something that happened back, you know, 100, 200 years ago. They're saying that is what the position needs to be going forward in our society. And it's one thing, Hugh, for, it's one thing, Hugh, for, you know, some kid out of Cal Berkeley uh, to hear this stuff. But this, these are the future leaders of our military that will, you know, literally have their finger on the button. And that is incredibly disturbing to me. And again, this isn't some kind of Republican talking point like the mainstream media wants to portray it. This is coming to us from soldiers, from leaders, from cadets, from their families, where it's being taught in our military academies and throughout the formation. And that is incredibly disturbing to me. It is, a, it is horrific and destructive to unit morale and cohesion. Uh, and uh, I just I think it's absolutely unacceptable. Now, Congressman Waltz, I'm going to link at my website uh, the letter that you sent to West Point Superintendent Lieutenant General Darrell Williams. I believe General Miley is conflating, not intentionally, but he is conflating critiques of, for example, the Chief of Naval Operations reading list with your letter and your specific inquiry into what is being taught. I had some callers react that his failure to discriminate between teaching and understanding and surveying of a variety of ideologies and indoctrination is the That's critical right. problem. Do you agree with that assessment? Well, it is. There is a difference. Uh, there is a difference in understanding things that have happened in the past and an indoctrination of our cadets, uh, our future military leaders, our lieutenants, colonels, generals uh, going forward. And that is a tremendous distinction that he's conflating. And it, the key part of his statement was, I need to better understand this theory. He does need to better uh, understand the theory. And I do think he's conflating the two. Do you think he does understand, for example, Kendi's book or some of the other writings, such as those you have highlighted in your letter to the West Point superintendent? I, I actually I don't, don't know how anyone in his position, and he's a great chairman, has any yeah. time to read this stuff. And it's all new. It's all, I mean, the crits yeah, have been around. He is right. right since Harvard Law School in the in the late 70s, early 80s. But this is this iteration is completely new and far more radical than that iteration. That's right. It's a radical activist uh, uh, theory of, of going forward. 
And, Hugh, I want to be clear. I am all for uh, a diverse military that is open to all Americans and welcoming. We need the best of the best in our fighting force. Uh, but, it, you know, this is this is how do we move forward in a country. And the military has always been colorblind, merit-based, mission-focused. When you enter the military, you bleed green. The only skin color I was taught to worry about was camouflage. And the enemy's bullets could care less, uh, right? Uh, you know, all they care about is the flag on your shoulder. That's for sure. So that's, that's, you know, again, what I find so disturbing. And, and again, to play out uh, what you're saying on Kendi, you know, his, his theory is the only way to combat racism is with racism. Uh, and I find that uh, incredibly disturbing and destructive uh, to be taught to our military leaders. Now, I've invited Professor Kendi on. He has declined thus far because I would like to talk to him about his best-selling book. I understand there are lots of reasons why he can't come on, and I understand that. But... Uh, Sound bites are not the way for the public to understand this. And I think General Miley was dismissive of a deeply and widely held concern about indoctrination of the force at every level into radical ideas. It's not like reading Mao and Lenin and Marx, as the general said. And by the way, I think he was unintentionally equating Kendi with Mao and Lenin and Marx. And there are some aspects which are related but generally conflating these issues does no one any good. And his tip of the hat to you as a Green Beret is an attempt to deflect criticism from his obfuscation. Did you get a chance to respond to him, Congressman? No, just the way the rules uh, work there. A Democrat uh, a member had ceded her time to him, uh, which really was intended to reply to uh, a Congressman Gates. Uh, who had raised a, a different but related concern, but it, it all got kind of conflated uh, and, and confused in the hearing. So just the way the rules worked, my time had expired and uh, and I did not have a chance to respond. But, but uh, you know, I, again, I think he, he's conflating two things. He needs to get smarter on the theory. I have a lot of respect for his service and, and how he's performed as, as a chairman. But this is about indoctrination of people going forward, not a history lesson. Now, Congressman, can you remind people of your service? Because I do want them to understand when he says we are both Green Berets, he's referring to your being the only Green Beret in Congress, but you're also a combat veteran. You're also a veteran of the National Security Apparatus and the Department of Defense. Would you run through that quickly? Well, I've had uh, I had the, the, the honor of working as a civilian uh, in uh, under Secretaries Rumsfeld and Gates and then eventually as Vice President Cheney's uh, counterterrorism advisor but also served as a Green Beret in the reserve component uh, and deployed to multiple combat zones uh, across Africa, the Middle East, and, and Afghanistan. Still going in the National Guard, Hugh, just hit 25 years as a colonel in the National Guard. Have you ever, as an officer on active duty or reserve duty, been obliged to attend one of the seminars that you describe or anything like it that you describe in your letter to Superintendent Williams? No, no. That's that's what uh, uh, I, I find so disturbing in this shift. Uh, you know, we were taught that, you know, it doesn't matter where you came from, rich or poor, black, white or brown, Jewish, Christian. You know, once you're in the United States Army, you wear that flag and you wear that U.S. Army, you're in the military. Uh, and when you're in that foxhole, I can tell you, uh, to your left and your right, nobody cares. They certainly don't care about political party or any of these ideologies. Uh, and and so you know that I, again, merit-based, mission-focused, 
this is about standards, not about gender, not about race or any of those other pieces. Uh, We should always root out extremism in our military. We should always uh, uh, root out these kind of ideologies. But I feel like we're also reintroducing it back in with these critical race theory uh, teachings and teaching our young cadets at 18, 19 years old to focus on race. Uh, And that's why I think you're seeing uh, their parents, families, soldiers reaching out uh, with, with such alarm. Do you believe that that cadets are being indoctrinated, Congressman? Well, I think there is uh, between our our university system, uh, which you know has ROTC uh, in it, in our universities, absolutely. Uh, what has me concerned is in in our military academies, and that's where I also disagree with Chairman Milley, where he said, you know, the United States Military Academy is university. Yes, it has that aspect. But this is this is about leadership. This is about uh, character. Uh, it, it, it is an academy. Uh, it's not just uh, a university. Now, I've been a teacher for 25 years, and I can teach materials objectively that I disagree with. The letter that you sent that I've reviewed does not appear to be teaching at all, but rather incendiary comments and workshops with the title White Power at West Point and Racist Dog Whistles at West Point. Understanding Whiteness and White Rage uh, by Dr. Carol Anderson of Emory University. I don't understand this. This is not reading widely and being aware of theories. It does smack of indoctrination to me. Well, it does. Uh, and and the superintendent confirmed to me that, uh, that over 100 cadets attended that um, uh, attended that seminar. They've had another seminar where a, a female colonel uh, described to the entire uh, formation uh, how she became woke to her white privilege uh, and how she's dealing with that. Hugh, I can't imagine a situation where I'm ordering Green Berets to charge the machine gun, uh, which I've had to do. One's black, one's white. The African-American is wondering, am I ordering him uh, because I'm inherently and systemically racist? Uh, where the the white uh, Green Beret is saying, should I go because of my past and my guilt uh, associated with that? I just think it's absolutely destructive to, uh, to, to, to morale and to cohesion. I believe, and I am not certain, but I believe Dr. Anderson has asserted that Republicans are white supremacists and similar charges. I have to confirm that. I have not confirmed that. Have you heard anything about no, that? She has said, no, she has said the Republican Party platform uh, is one of white supremacy. Um, she accused the former commander chief of being a white supremacist. Uh, so again, you know, this is a military academy, not a university. Uh, I, I, I want everyone to understand uh, our very checkered past with race, but this is indoctrination going forward, uh, and it's highly incendiary. It's politicized, uh, and it has no place in our military academies. And separately, uh, we have legislation pending. Uh, to uh, ban these types of, of, of teachings uh, from the military academy, and I hope to get it in this year's defense bill. Did, did Dr. Anderson make those specific charges at West Point to cadets? No, she made those in, uh, in previous statements. I don't okay. uh, you know the, the specifics of exactly what she said, but I, but I certainly know what's in her books and her writings and in her previous statements, and it, and it has, no place, uh, has, has no place, I think, in our military academy. Has the superintendent responded to you comprehensively, Congressman Waltz? 
He has. Uh, he made an initial response. I've since read a follow-on letter that that explained uh, that uh, critical race theory and introduction is one of the books in the syllabus. Uh, that this seminar did indeed happen. Over 100 cadets attended. Um, you know, and and again, I think tries to make the point of uh, of you know that that this is a walking the line between being university and being an academy. Uh, but I, I, I you know I, I think it has no place. Now I want to note I'm very aware, as you are, that the military has long problems with race. It was segregated until President Truman by law. He desegregated the military. There were problems with race throughout the Vietnam War. Those have been attacked by leadership for a generation, and I think have been widely and almost everywhere conclusively won on the theory of uh, you bleed green, which you just said. Uh, And in the Navy, you bleed blue. And in the Marine Corps, whatever it is that they bleed, red, white and blue. Uh, (laughs) It is it is today probably say we don't bleed. But it it does seem to me that we are reintroducing conflict into the ranks by indoctrination. And this is my last question. The difference between indoctrination and teaching is profound. I think your complaint is indoctrination. And General uh, Miley was talking about an expansive understanding of the world around us. They're not the same thing. They're. No, they're not the same thing. And to your point, uh, what, what I think the greatest generation saw was exactly in World War II was exactly what I described. You know, once they were in the in the foxhole together, it didn't matter, black, white or brown. Uh, when they saw the performance of the Tuskegee Airmen and so many others, and the Navajo Code Talkers uh, in a common cause for the defense of this great nation that always uh, should seek to improve and be a more perfect union, uh, you know, we saw a rapid move towards uh, towards desegregation in the military far before the rest of the country. And I feel like now we're going, uh, you know, in many ways, we're going backwards. Uh, and that military that has uh, led the world and protected this great nation in such profound ways since World War II, in so many ways is colorblind, uh, ne- always needs to improve, but is based on merit, is based on mission and our cause that is far greater than ourselves, and that's what I will continue to fight for. Congressman, I now want to get to the topic about which I originally called you to come on the show. You have introduced a bill to make it an expeditious process to return to the United States or allow to come to the United States. Afghan translators, interpreters, and assistants to the American Armed Forces who've been there for 20 years. How goes that bill? Because the Taliban is rampaging through some provinces, and if this core of people gets caught by them— they're dead. They are. They're being hunted down as we speak. And these are these are the Afghan interpreters that stood and fought with us in combat. They're absolutely critical, Hugh, for how we deal with the, the populace, but also how we fight and fought alongside our Afghan army and, and security forces counterparts. We could not have done what we've done the last 20 years uh, without them. And when they stand up with us, they don't just put their own lives on the line. They put their entire families' lives on, uh, on on the line. On the cover of my book, uh, Warrior Diplomat, there is one standing there with me. Uh, I've also had one, unfortunately, found with American documentation on him by the Taliban. Uh, he was taken back to his village and beheaded uh, alongside uh, his cousins and brothers. Uh, so the Biden administration uh, has a moral obligation to get these people out. Time is running out. The process to approve their visas takes months and months. 
but we, the U.S. military will be out of Afghanistan in a matter of weeks. And when that last soldier goes wheels up, uh, these people have, will have been handed a death sentence. The frustrating part is in that same testimony that we were just discussing, General Milley, uh, the Secretary of Defense, said DOD is ready and capable of evacuating these people. The governor of Guam said he would be happy to accept, as they've done in the past with, with uh, Vietnamese, with South Koreans, with others, the Kurds and others. Uh, it's all waiting on the White House. Uh, and why President Biden refuses to do this uh, is, is mind-blowing to me, but it is worth reminding people that when he was a senator in 1975, he had initially voted against and then abstained uh, in evacuating uh, uh, our South Vietnamese allies and said then that we had no moral obligation. Uh, I hope he changes uh, his mind and erases those past sins. But but again, time is running out very rapidly. How many are we talking about, Congressman? We're talking about 18,000 interpreters that are somewhere in the system. It's a 14-step process that the State Department uh, puts them through, and I am all for appropriate vetting. Uh, but, you know, take a step back. When we talk about an immigration issue uh, and merit-based immigration, I can't think of anyone who deserves uh, to be in this country more than those who are willing to take a bullet uh, for, you know, for the cause of freedom and standing against extremism. Uh, and you think about those that are pouring across our southern border at hundreds of thousands a month, yet we're going to uh, not allow these folks uh, to come here and literally hand them a death sentence is, is, is again, just mind-blowing to me. Congressman Waltz, I have read Warrior Diplomat, and I believe in that rather vivid description of the raid on the Afghan village where you were firing your pistol because the rifle didn't work. You've got an interpreter with you and the Taliban are trying to kill you both. They really want to kill them all. That's right. No, that's right. And it's not just the interpreters. I mean, there's 18,000 interpreters. But if you think about uh, the school principals, the journalists, uh, 25 percent of the Afghan parliament are women. Uh, that they all have a bullseye on their back. And, you know, a, a, an intelligence estimate came out yesterday uh, that said that gave the Afghan government six months uh, to survive uh, after we leave uh, before they believe the Afghan government will fall. Whether it's six months or two years, uh, these people are being hunted down. They are reaching out to me desperately uh, right now to help them. And you know, the, the Pentagon is clear that the decisions in the White House. Uh, it, it is up to President Biden, uh, and I, I just pray he does not only the right thing from a moral standpoint, but from a national security standpoint, because should we Hugh, have to go back, uh, as we did in Iraq after Obama pulled out of Iraq too soon and it led to the rise of ISIS, should al-Qaeda come roaring back and our soldiers have to go back in, who are they going to have to work with on the ground? Who is going to trust us again? That's going to cost American military lives. Uh, and the blood of these interpreters and, and military members that we lose in the future, uh, because we have no more local allies, because they were all hunted down, uh, will be on the Biden administration's hands. To put a, a, a bow on it, uh, Congressman Michael Waltz, did General Miley agree with you on this point? He did. Uh, well, he said that uh, the, the Pentagon has done the planning uh, and they have the logistics capability to get these people out. Uh, and he also said he believes personally that we have a moral obligation to stand with these people uh, who have stood with us. 
Well, then, my last comment is the media missed that entirely, and they're not covering the plight of the uh, of the interpreters and the other people who have helped the American forces in Afghanistan. And they have misreported the exchange on West Point and indoctrination versus teaching. Do they ever get anything right about the military <laughs> and foreign affairs, Congressman? Well, you know— uh, Hugh, as you well know, that so many in the media have a narrative they want to push, and uh, and they cherry-pick the facts to fit that narrative. And that's why I'm on your show and not theirs. Congressman, thank you. Always a pleasure. Congressman Michael Waltz, Florida 6th Congressional District. I appreciate your time this morning. Okay. Take care. I salute you. That concludes today's episode of The Interview with Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening. Make sure you come back and check out all the other podcasts on the Salem Podcast Network. And remember, to thank our sponsors, andrewandtodd.com. If you believe in long-form interviews like I do, then do your real estate transactions with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian. I've known both men for a long time. andrewandtodd.com. Go there, answer a couple of questions. They'll tell you what's best to do with your house or call them at 888-888-1172. You'll be glad you did and you'll be glad that you listened to the next episode of The Interview.